What's going on, coaches? Hopefully everyone's had a good week. Our newest episode of RTP Install is now out. Uh, Switch Vert Releases uh, is now up on RTP Install. And again, that's at runthepower.com. You guys can go to runthepower.com. We've got cool merchandise. Uh, we've got awesome videos, podcasts. Um, we've got summits that we've done, all that over at runthepower.com. Uh, we recently learned of a new energy drink called Rowdy Energy. So uh, you guys shout those guys out on Twitter. We'd like to uh, get them on the podcast, get them as sponsors. So uh, if you guys have a second, go give them a shout on Twitter. Let them know about us and see what we can get done with that. Uh, again, you guys, anything from us, just hit us up at runthepower.com. This episode of the podcast is brought to you by Legend Rings. As coaches, we all know the best way to represent our big win is with the championship ring. And the team at Legend Rings wants to help you celebrate your regional and state championship title this season. Their goal is to make your championship ring purchase simple, easy, and affordable from design to delivery. Check them out at legendrings.com or email info at legendrings.com to get started. Let them know that Run the Power sent you and they will make your ring for free. Again, go check them out at legendrings.com. This episode of the RTP podcast is brought to you by our guys over at Just Play. The team at Just Play hooked us up with their product, as you guys know, uh, and it's been a game changer for us. If you've seen us on Twitter or uh, have talked to us about this at all. We obviously especially love the playbook tools that allow us to create our favorite blocking schemes, as you guys know, power, counter, inside zone, pin and pull, uh, and formation, so we can save time and be more productive. That's the biggest part. Saves time on defenses, saves time on, on inputting offensive uh, formations, and then easy to draw the play out. Just Play is a limited time offer for RTP listeners only. Get my Just Play Pro for $120, which is an unbelievable $60 off the normal list price. Uh, this offer has been extended uh, and won't last forever. You can get this deal at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. The best playbook tool on the market at JustPlaySolutions.com slash RTP. Don't wait, go do it today. This episode of the podcast is also brought to you by Team Builder. Team Builder provides strength and conditioning software to high schools around the country. Whether you write your own programs, have a full-time strength coach, or need training programs, Team Builder can make your program better. Right now, Team Builder is offering a 10-week off-season football training program with a -a two-a-day speed and agility program. This template even comes with videos from some of the top SEC strength coaches that will show you how to run your weight room. Visit their website and enter the code RTP to get the off-season football training template and start your 14-day completely free trial at teambuilder.com. Again, enter code RTP at teambuilder.com, which is teambuilder.com. On this episode of RTP, we talk with Tyler Bitts. Coach Bitts is the quarterback's coach and pass game coordinator at Whitmer High School in Toledo, Ohio. Listen, as we talk with Coach Bitts about developing as a young coach, setting up a weekly plan for your quarterbacks, and building a brand as a program and position group. You can follow Coach Bitts on Twitter at Coach Tyler Bitts. Hope you guys enjoy. First, before I do that, you know, I just appreciate you guys having me on and, uh, you know, big fan of your guys' podcast. And, you know, I, I know I annoy walls daily and weekly, you know, when I've hit them up, but uh, no, man, it's all been good. So, 
you know, for me, just, you know, from my playing days growing up, you know, growing up in a small farm town in Southeast Michigan, you know, went to Erie Mason High School, really small school, you know, good football tradition, you know, just your typical, you know, small, tight knit community. Played during some uh, down years for the program for sure. You know, we had three head coaches in my four years of, of playing varsity football, went from pro style, multiple, you know, personnel to, to four wide spread. Then my senior year, got the treat of running some single wing. So, you know, I'm a, I'm a six five quarterback, you know, not athletic at all. So it was a, it was a great fit for me. And, uh, you know, but had supportive parents, you know, that took me to the camps and, you know, did everything that they could to provide opportunities. So, you know, after that, um, you know, got an opportunity to play some, some ball at the next level at NAIA school, Siena Heights University. And, you know, it was a program starting up, um, you know, it was close to home. I really like the head coach, Jim Lyle. He's kind of like a legend in the area. Um, you know, just a phenomenal coach and even better person. Um, you know, able to connect with him. And, uh, you know, I played. Or I should say that I was on the team for a couple of years. But, you know, I enjoyed, enjoyed the, you know, the playing, the traveling, the making great friendships and learning. Um, but unfortunately, you know, as I was starting to kind of build my way up the depth chart, you know, got recruited as a quarterback and a punter. Uh, my career was cut short. You know, I had an injury in the weight room with my back, you know, meeting with, you know, my, my mom and, you know, doctors and, and the coaches. It's just my best decision to kind of move on. But, you know, just turning that negative into a positive, um, you know, once I was able to kind of get that back stuff in control, um, got, a head, got a call from, you know, the head coach at Erie Mason. It was a new guy, but, you know, someone that I was very familiar with, the teacher in the building, Joe Ayers, um, a great, great man, you know, really believed and, you know, want to invest in him and, wanted to help him bring some stability to the program that, you know, I had so much pride in. Um, you know, I was just a 21 year old kid that, you know, got offered a quarterback coach job and you know, I, I for sure took it. You know, didn't have any answers, but, you know, wanted to work really hard and bring it stability and you know, forming relationships with kids and doing everything I could to, to pour my life and soul and to try to get that football program turned around. So it was a cool opportunity for sure. Coached in the, you know, the flex bump system. We were running beer, midline, rocket toss, belly, some trap. You know, the play action pass stuff was awesome off of it. But, you know, for me, it was a great starting point because I was able to learn some principles of option football and, you know, definitely the importance of equating numbers. And just always loved how option was able to equate numbers. And, you know, it's very systematic from a play calling standpoint. You know, you always had the if-then scenarios, and it always felt like, you know, whether they had better Jimmys and Joes on their side, you know, we always seemed to have an answer to what they were doing. Um, you know, along the way, I got to coach a very talented quarterback who, who went on to play some Division II ball. Um, just really enjoyed that experience, getting that football program back up on its feet, uh, bringing some stability to it. You know, so I was there for a couple of years and, um, you know, graduated from Siena Heights with, with a business background. Um, so I was in a sales job for a local company and, you know, my uh, role with that company continued to expand and I started getting into outside sales and, and travel to states like Georgia, Louisiana, Florida, you know, in the paper industry. And, uh, you know, I started to make some cheddar out of, out of college and I, I kind of wanted to jump towards that a little bit and uh, as, as well as some other reasons to kind of walk away. Um, so I kind of did that. I took a year off, which ultimately was a blessing in disguise. I was able to, uh, you know, you know, make some money, but, you know, more importantly, study some different things, you know, study different offenses and defenses, and more importantly, coaching styles. And 
you know, I went to some local high school football games on Friday nights that, you know, atmospheres that I had never really been to. And uh, that's kind of what got me attracted to where I am today. Um, so today I'm, you know, I'm at Toledo Whitmer High School. It's a Division One school in the city of Toledo, uh, Northwest Ohio. You know, it's got a ton of football tradition, uh, you know, players and coaches in the National Football League. Um, but, you know, for me going to the games there on a Friday night, it was so much different than the atmosphere that I had been around. Uh, you know, it's, it's really got that college like game day atmosphere that, you know, I know you two are certainly accustomed to down, down in Oklahoma. And, and I know Walls is building up in Ankeny. Um, but, you know, they had a tradition too that, you know, I was really, really appealed to me was, you know, they had a, they had a longtime quarterback coach and offensive coordinator named Justin Keller. You know, he, he has a long lineage of, of producing quarterbacks that would go on and play at the next level. And, you know, for me, I just kind of saw it as, as something that, you know, I just kind of want to throw a dart at. So I just wanted an opportunity to get in that environment, learn and prove my worth if they were willing to take me. So, you know, I ended up getting a job, you know, I volunteered for a year, you know, they didn't have any contracts, you know, with my work obligations, I couldn't really fulfill anything. Um, but after, you know, several emails to the head coach, you know, and interviewing, they thought I was a fit and I was able to work with quarterbacks and receivers. It was a great first year I came in and, you know, won a league championship. We went undefeated in the regular season, played for a regional championship, you know, learned a ton, really started creating relationships. And, you know, the biggest thing I got out of it too was a career move, just, uh, you know, making my mind up. I want to go back to school and be a teacher. Um, so that, so that next year, you know, I went back to school to become a teacher. You know, obviously I have a very supportive wife. Um, you know, who's a nurse who allowed me to do that. So, you know, without her, I wouldn't have been able to do that. Um, but again, the next couple of years took over as the quarterback's coach full time. You know, Justin had handed the reins over and, you know, I'm extremely humbled for that opportunity, especially to coach his son, you know, who was the quarterback. He's now playing at Bowling Green State University, uh, you know, special player. He's a special person, you know. But again, just humbled that, you know, he was he trusted me to, to coach his kid and, um, you know, it certainly was a challenge early on. I had to be my best every single day. And I felt like, you know, I, I had to be my best so he could be at his best. I mean, we were, he was setting school records and, you know, he's got an obnoxious winning percentage. And, you know, we had a three-year run there that, that was just really just phenomenal. Uh, you know, won a lot of games in those first three years. And then, uh, you know, last year was my fourth year and uh, got a little bit bigger of a role, was in charge of the pass game. Um, but as you guys know, and, you know, we all lived in that world, you know, COVID kind of killed the offseason. And, uh, you know, going into a year where, you know, we lost an all-state quarterback, all-state running back, all-state linebacker, um, 19 of 22 starters, man, it was tough. You know, it was really, really tough because, you know, we went into the offseason with some, uh, you know, expectations that, you know, we were still going to be able to compete. Um, we just knew we were going to have to work really hard at developing some of the young, talented guys that we had. but. You know, the world's kind of ended there, you know, March of last year, you know, no off season for us, you know, no contact with our kids. And, you know, that might've been the hardest part. Um, you know, it was, it was very, very frustrating uh, to not be able to work with our kids. So, you know, go to find out our, you know, our product on the football field, which really, you know, at the end of the day, isn't that important. Just happy that the seniors were able to play, but the product we put out there wasn't very good. And, um, you know, went one in five and, it was really, really hard. It was the first losing season there in a long time and, you know, certainly humbling and, you know, had to learn to, you know, kind of, I don't want to say accept defeat, but, you know, learn to embrace the struggle and, 
and kind of not take for granted, you know, the winning and all that sort of stuff. So, you know, certainly hungry to uh, get into the off season and work with the fellas. You know, we've had a good one so far and look forward to, to keep building on, but uh, really lucky to be at Toledo Whitmer. I know, you know, we had, we had walls come, come over from Iowa last year and, you know, he was able to come over and see some of the facilities and some of the great coaches that I get to work with. And, you know, we got great players that are just more importantly, great people. And it's a really awesome opportunity for me. And you know, I'm, I'm blessed every single day that, you know, I get to be a teacher and, and coach in that, in that school environment. That's all. That's awesome coach. So, so what, um, you know, what are maybe some, you, you, you have that tough year, you know, and, and something that you're not used to something the school's not used to. What are, what were some things that you learned maybe about yourself, maybe about coaching? You know, I know it's a humbling experience. We've had some really bad seasons here, um, you know, that I've been a part of, and it's a, it's kind of an eye-opening experience. And we've had some really, really unbelievably good seasons as well. And, you know, I, I don't think that I was necessarily that much better of a coach from, from one year to the next. And so it kind of tells you a lot. What are maybe some things that you got from, from having a little bit of a down season? You know, maybe some things that you learned or some things that you can reflect upon. Yeah, for sure. And, you know, I, I just think it kind of goes back to, you know, I, I don't think we were as, as bad as we were. And, and, and those, some of those good years, I don't think we were as good as what we were. But it just kind of solidified the importance of, you know, relationships with, with your student athletes and, and being able to work with those guys in the offseason. And it, it was more than just, you know, not being able to work with those guys from a, from a skill and scheme standpoint, but being able to develop those relationships. You know, I don't think we were able to, you know, with, with replacing 19 of those 22 starters, I don't think we were able to build relationships and know what made those guys tick because obviously every guy is different. Um, so it certainly led to, you know, quite a year of, of frustration, but learning how to deal with it. Um, I think we were able to spin it in a positive way is, you know, we just created it. You know, it's very, it, it was very lifelike for, for us and the kids and uh, making sure they understand, they understood how, how to respond to adversity and being able to uh, self-reflect at the end, you know, having very honest conversations with the kids and making sure that, that, that they know that you're human as well. You know, I don't have all the answers and, you know, coach winners, our head coach doesn't have all the answers and no one on our staff has all the answers. And, and making sure that they understand that, you know, despite, you know, the, the record and the scores, you know, that we still love them for who they are and, you know, that we're, we're going to come back, you know, twice as hard this off season and, and really work to make sure that we reestablish the standard that we have at, at Whitmer high school. Yeah. You hear so much, yeah, all the stuff that I've been watching and kind of, you know, researching this off season. And, and, you know, I watch obviously a lot with quarterbacks and, and receivers, but that, that chemistry, you know, I've, I've heard every, every single QB and every single video I've watched in special, I, I keep coming back and I write that word chemistry, 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 literally like every single time. That's, that's what I keep consistently hearing that message. And when you're not able to be out there and work those things, you know, there's a chemistry obviously between QB and receiver, but there's, there's such a huge chemistry between, you know, a coach and his position group, you know, and when you're coaching the quarterback position, there's, there's not another position on the field where if you're the, you know, the, the QB coach or the play caller or the guy that's in charge of the pass game, if you and the QB aren't on the same page and you don't have that chemistry, you know, it, it makes it super difficult. So I couldn't agree more, man. If you're, if you're not able to have that time, you know, that, that contact and, you know, to be able to go through the trials and tribulations together, 
it's it's hard to like recreate that. That's that's time that you really don't get back. Yeah, no doubt. And, and Wallace, again, you you know you were at Whitmer, so you know you were kind of seeing some of the stuff we were doing. And you know, as as the first year pass game coordinator, you know, I was doing some different stuff that I I thought fit our personnel and um, kind of gave our guys a little bit more answers as far as like some of the option route stuff and really just the all weather concepts. And yeah, it came back to kill us. You know, the off season that we wanted to put it in, we were really fired up to put it in and still are fired up. But, you know, you're, you're going from, uh, you know, repping that stuff on the field like we would in the spring, um, you know, and into the summer with, you know, with our seven guys uh, per session. And, and then now I'm just teaching it based on, uh, you know, Zoom, you know, showing them some, some clips of different colleges and high schools running some of the stuff that, that we want to do. It's, uh, yeah, man, you know, kids and, you know, I can say, you know, I don't learn that way. So I, I can only imagine how difficult it was for that. And yeah, obviously we were lacking some of that chemistry and, you know, certainly we look forward to, to getting a chance to kind of build on that this year. Bits, man, I know you're staying always kind of on the cutting edge. It's always one of the things I like to, you know, talk to you about and, and we get to have some really cool conversations, but, you know, talk a little bit about, you know, kind of maybe your evolution as, as a QB coach and then, you know, some of the different things that, that you're trying to do. I know, uh, you know, a lot of the ideas that you've had kind of, you know, with developing your QBs and, and putting that room together a little bit, you know, been some, some things that I've kind of taken from you as well. So, you know, I'm, I'm always anxious to kind of hear, you know, where, where you're coming from, especially when you're, you're handling a position that's important as the quarterback. Sure. You know, and I, I appreciate that, but you know, I'm only as good as the people that, that I'm around and, you know, being able to take things and be able to apply it to what we do. But, you know, as, as far as the offseason, I, I think it's so important for, for quarterbacks being able to, you know, really develop. So, you know, starting from scratch every single year, and I know, Wallace, we talked a little bit more about the season stuff, but, you know, a little bit more about the offseason, but really building up. And, um, you know, the one thing that I take from you um, and some of my other mentors that I think are, are some of the best at what they do is just, you know, having that more of a teacher mindset than maybe a coach mindset, you know, being able to scaffold you know, what you're teaching and, and sequence the learning, you know, I think that's super, super important. So, you know, for example, like, you know, we're at the part now where, you know, I'm teaching those guys you know, defenses, but, you know, as I teach them different fronts, I'm teaching them, you know, the run game that kind of goes with it. So, you know, they see, you know, just so they kind of have an understanding of, you know, a play callers approach, right? So, you know, if I'm, if I'm teaching this front, you know, as an offensive coordinator, our, our offensive coordinator, Eric Brown is going to, you know, we like this. You know, so so teaching that run game stuff with those fronts, I, I think is important. And, you know, I'll teach pass protection whenever I start going over some of our, you know, most seen blitzes that we see with our opponents year in and year out. Um, and then when I'm teaching coverages, I'm going to teach the, the pass game that we're going to look to attack it with. You know, I want those guys being able to recognize, you know, you know, we're always building up towards the fall, but those guys recognizing the why. And I, you know, I kind of always, I felt, you know, Justin Keller told me when, you know, I was interviewing and, you know, you want to be the coach that, that you wish that you had. And for me, and, you know, I know my kids would probably say the same about me. It's just, I never felt like I had the why. I never felt like I got those deep answers as, as to why I was doing something. So that's something that I always strive on making sure that my kids understand. So, you know, starting in the winter with the indie stuff, you know, really starting from closed environment stuff and then working towards open environment stuff. And, you know, I kind of learned that concept from Purdue over at Nebraska and Walls and Harper. No, you guys are very familiar with him. And, you know, starting with, you know, just basis, 
you know, taking drops and, and throwing rhythm throws, you know, no distractions, no pressure, no decisions, you know, just knowing that they need to go out there and execute at the simplest form and that, you know, slowly building on that as they master it, you know, to whereas, you know, every drill I want to be able to have has, you know, needs to have a distraction, some sort of pressure and a decision because it's got to simulate, you know, what they're going to see in the fall on Friday nights. And, you know, we got to be able to drill scheme and, you know, the drills that you do, they better be able to show up on tape. And, and that's something that I've really tried to strive myself on. And, you know, you, you talk to people like you guys and, you know, I talked to, you know, Will Hewlett, and Brad Mainler in Cleveland, you know, that's some of the stuff that I, that I really try to pick up on and, you know, working towards the mechanic stuff in the off season, just because you don't really want to mess with that stuff in season uh, with a the quarterback, there's enough going on and, um, you know, you don't, you don't really want to work on that. So pocket movement, footwork, and, you know, walls, I think some of the cool stuff that, that I do is just some of the stuff that I've taken from some of the local colleges, but some of the game situation stuff that, that we do in the off season, I think is really awesome. You know, just a couple things that we do. Um, I like to, you know, I, I have a poker set in my classroom and, uh, you know, I label those poker chips and essentially what I'll, what I'll do is I'll, I'll put out a formation and I'll put a defense out there and all those poker chips are labeled and they're, you know, different colors for different types of players. And, uh, you know, I'll have the quarterback turn around and then, you know, I'll either signal or verbalize the call and then he'll turn around and he'll have to identify the defense, see what we're looking at and kind of, you know, walk me through from basically the, you know, the pre-snap cadence to, you know, what he's doing pre-snap and, you know, explain, I'm going to give him different looks and, you know, it's just a way for him to, to kind of visualize and think a little bit differently and, and make him a little uncomfortable. And, you know, I've seen a lot of success in that. I did that a lot with, with our last guy, Riley Keller. And, you know, I know he enjoyed that. And then just doing simple stuff like, you know, huddle simulations, you know, we got a smart board in our classroom and, you know, I'll play some tape, especially if I can get some wide end zone cuts and, you know, where a quarterback kind of just has to identify, you know, I give them from basically pre-snap and then I'll roll it until basically the snap where, you know, they've got to look for coverage indicators. And, you know, I do a lot of the R4 stuff, as you know, but, you know, a lot of, a lot of our stuff is, you know, safety, safety base, you know, one high, we're going to do this, two high, we're going to do that. So them being able to identify that is, is super important. So, you know, I know our quarterbacks in the past have really enjoyed doing the, doing the huddle simulations. Um, because again, once that ball snapped, the screen just goes black and they, and they kind of have to explain what they saw to me in real time. And, um, you know, just trying to trying to do different things to make it fun to where the kids, uh, you know, can see benefits and improvement, um, but also trying to empower them, you know, kind of giving them some self-correcting tools where they can kind of go out and start to do some of this stuff on their own. And they're hungry to come work every single week. Um, you know, I don't want my guys ever to really need to be hanging on my every word. You know, I don't need guys that that need my constant feedback. You know, I, I want them to, to kind of go find it on their own. You know, I want to give them the tools necessary to kind of do that. Um, but again, I, I want them to be, you know, kind of the, the creators of, of what they want. Because again, I, I just think that that stuff projects better at, you know, we're trying to produce next level quarterbacks. I just think that stuff projects better at, at the next level. I don't want to make them robots. So, so I think that's the biggest thing with, uh, with quarterbacks walls, especially, you know, as we're in the off season and then, you know, I know some of the stuff that we talked about um, was, you know, kind of compartmentalizing some of the stuff in season. So, you know, looking at 
um, being able to tie your drills and tie your meetings to what you what you're getting accomplished on the practice field. So something I really challenged our offensive coordinator on this year was, you know, kind of taking more of a, a college style approach to, you know, you know, Mondays we want to, to do openers and shots and you know, Tuesdays might be our third down day and Wednesdays could be, you know, our red zone and RPO days. You know, I just think it makes it simpler from being able to compartmentalize by day and by opponent. So it creates, you know, just a clear plan to be able to set objectives uh, for practice and for meetings. So being able to, you know, if, if we know that, you know, Tuesday's our third down day, um, you know, guess what? In that meeting, uh, you know, I'm going to be going over third down coverages and, and definitely their, top, their, their, their favorite couple blitzes. And, you know, my drills better reflect that in Indy. And my kids know to expect that. You know, that's a, that's a pressure-filled day. And my Indy needs to reflect that. And then we'll reflect, reflect that in group and, and team as well. So it all kind of builds and, and works with each other. You know, I, I never want to be, you know, I never want to be the coach that kind of has, you know, just a million everyday drills. And I kind of just spin the wheel to, to kind of see what I like for that day. I want to make sure that it makes sense. And I want to make sure that, that my uh, quarterbacks have a clear plan and expectation and objectives for, for what I expect them to, to be able to do in practice and, you know, what we want to get accomplished for that day and all in preparations for, uh, you know, a successful Friday night. That sounds like some, some awesome things you do with the quarterback coach. It was that hard. Um, you know, I, I've all I've had to do, worry about is with the run game. And, and for me, it was always a little difficult coming out, knowing so much to water it down. And, and I don't want to say water it down, like in a bad way, but to not throw everything at them that, you know, but to, like you said, kind of go through stages and teach them little by little once they've mastered, you know, their uh, things that develop into the bigger things. Was that a, was that a tough transition for you to make? Uh, or was that pretty, pretty innate to you? That was kind of just how you did it because I always had such a difficult time that when I was younger, when I was really starting out, just wanting to, you know, almost like football vomit. I just wanted to throw everything at them, wanted them to know everything. Um, and I think it probably I wasn't as good as a coach as I, as I should have been because I didn't slow it down and, and make sure and build on, on some of the first things first. Yeah, for sure. No, I, I certainly know where you're coming from. And again, you know, I, I don't have all the answers, but that's one of the things that I've, I've really been able to do. And, you know, people like Walls really hammering home is just, you know, the essentialism stuff, you know, making sure that, you know, whatever I do, it better be, you know, the stuff that gets the most bang for the buck. And, you know, being able to reflect that and, and you know, I, I started off at Whitmer. I had, you know, the big list of everyday drills, but, you know, going through and like, hey, does this actually apply to, and did I see this anywhere in the tape? You know, if so, then, you know, why am I working on it? And just being able to make sure that I better see the stuff on film. And, you know, I'll be honest, one of the, one of the biggest tools, and maybe it's a shame on me for, for being a younger coach and, and wanting their opinion, but you know, I've never been opposed to asking my players' opinion on, on specific drills and what gets them better. You know, I don't have the answers. I never want to be seen as, you know, someone that does. You know, I want to be able to ask, you know, hey, Riley, hey, Tommy, hey, Kevin, you know, what, what's some of the drills that, that man, you know, when I'm in the game, I, you know, that really helped me out or, you know, that made me, you know, see clear pictures or that really got me ready for a Friday night. So, again, it kind of just goes back along, you know, it was a year, it was a, you know, it was a multi-year process to kind of get to where I am today. And it's going to, I'm sure I'm going to adapt and evolve as I keep going, but, you know, being able to self-reflect and, and find, you know, really what, what brings out the best in my players, you know, 
based on, you know, the data that I have and, and watching the tape, but also getting their opinions, which I think might be a little undervalued. And, you know, I, I can't remember a coach really ever asking my opinion. And again, just trying to be that coach that, that I wish I, that I had. I love that. I think again, getting the feedback from those guys, their favorite stuff, you know, those guys will go hard and, and do those things too. I, I know when Harp and I did the, the first podcast of this year, we talked like this was the most one-on-ones we ever did because it just got our guys so juiced and jacked. So we did a lot more one-on-ones and, you know, like you said, you still have like goals and things you want to get done from it. It's like, Hey, we're going to do one-on-ones today, but let's make sure we're working, you know, these type of releases or these type of routes. Um, I wanted to go back, you know, you're ta- when you talked about your kind of daily plan, you know, I, I really liked how, you know, in season you'd also talked about, okay, so Monday we're doing openers and shots, you know, the type of film then you were showing your QBs. So like, Hey, this is an early down play, you know, here's why we're taking this shot. You know, I, I liked how you kind of broke it down that way. And then also same thing with, okay, if we have a quarterback that can really run, you know, I'm going to show him film of, you know, how the defensive end plays the option or plays the zone read or plays the power read, whatever. Or, you know, if it's an RPO day, really, really showing him the coverages that, you know, hey, they're an insert team or they're a blitz team or a man team. You know, I, I loved how you compartmentalized, you know, not just what we're doing in practice, but then also, you know, here's the film I'm going to show my QBs so they know exactly what we're going to do in Indy the keys that we're reading and, and here's what we're going to see this week, hopefully in the game. Yeah, for sure. And, and that's always been something, you know, I've always took to heart because again, I, you know, I think all of us, you know, we've, we've been that player in the room, you know, when that coach is just showing clip after clip after clip. So, and you kind of lose focus. So I, I wanted to be very short, concise, you know, I've got a limited number of, of time with these guys to keep their attention. And I wanted to make sure again, I got the bang for the buck. So you know, making sure that, you know, for the openers, again, just like you had kind of talked about, you know, finding those early down things and, you know, doing that, you know, the huddle simulation, you know, we do that sometimes in the week, but kind of giving them, you know, just the answers as to what, you know, it really matched up with the practice. So I think that that really helped them from that standpoint. And then, you know, looking at different stuff. So, you know, the RPO day on Wednesday, I really enjoyed because, you know, I didn't want to give them a full scouting report on every single player and every coverage and every blitz. I wanted to break it up into small uh, bite-sized pieces. So, you know, the RPO day, you know, we're looking at defensive ends. We're looking at the, at the outside linebacker, force player, you know, safeties that, that we're going to RPO off of. And, you know, just kind of seeing, you know, is there any pre-snap tells? You know, what's their body language look like post-snap? You know, when we want to be able to throw, kind of giving them, you know, fluid parameters um, as to what to do that way you know again there's this clear expectations which I don't think can be understated Um, so I I saw great success with it you know despite some of the struggles that we had this season you know our turnovers were down big time which I'm really proud of our guys for and you know when when I'd go back and and kind of grade our guys the decisions that they were making um, you know just from you know throwing the ball and running the ball and you know, where the ball needed to go, being that point guard, you know, they were making really good decisions. And, and I was really happy with that. And I think a lot of that was just the way that, you know, I was able to, to work through some of the ideas that we had talked about and, and constructing a, literally a full meeting and practice plan that, you know, included drills and that everything is supposed to be building off of each other and ultimately to, to a really good product on a Friday night. That's awesome. Yeah, it's um... – <laughs> 
it's it's awesome just listening to you talk football. And I know you've I know you've talked with Walls quite a bit, and and but hearing you know some of those same things that that Walls has taught me for six years now, and and obviously not word for word you saying those things, but kind of echoing some of those sentiments. It, it's kind of a it's kind of a cool deal just to kind of you know hear how much you know we can help kids in in so many of the you know same ways. Yeah, no, no, for sure. It's it's just really, and you know, that's that's part of my development as you know, I'm a younger coach. I'm, you know, 26 years old and you know, I've been able to, you know, just really be be around great people and you know, have that constant learning and reflection and collaboration and kind of just a product of the of the people and players that I've been around. So that's you know, that's two of the things that you know I kind of look at, you know, every off season is how can I become a better teacher? And, you know, it goes beyond the classroom, obviously, as, as being a teacher, but how can I be a better teacher of, of football, of scheme, as of my position? And, then, you know, how can I be a better coach? So, you know, I, I just base it, again, base it around being the coach that I wish that I was, that I had in high school. So, you know, kind of as a teacher, just just finding ways to, to better create and, you know, sustain relationships with my guys beyond football and, you know, being able to text, you know, about grades, reminding them that, that you care and, taking guys out to lunch, you know, watching them in other sports, you know, Harper, I think that's, that's kind of what, you know, you wanted to kind of go into just because, you know, knowing walls and knowing what you guys do and, you know, listening to the guys in the podcast, just, um, man, the, the, the development just as a coach, you know, just the people that I see as the best in their profession are just the people that continue to, you know, kind of adapt and, and mold themselves to, to the trends and, you know, aren't, aren't willing, you know, aren't, aren't limiting themselves to, to stop learning and, and, you know, be stubborn. Well, that's, that would be the whole reason we started RTP. I mean, Harper, Harper said it a bunch <laughs> of time. He's like, man, we got, we got to find a way to get better at ball. While you live in Iowa, I live in Oklahoma. And he's like, I'm going nuts. So, I mean, literally that was the, the advent of, you know, the podcast and, you know, you never think about it when you're, you're first starting out, but, you know, we've been able to travel so many cool places, you know, like, you know, being able to go out to, to Toledo, Whitmer and, you know, meet with you bits and meet with the, the staff and coach Brown and, and all you guys. But, you know, the, that's been the, the biggest treat for us. You know, not only do we get to go out and share a little bit of, you know, the stuff that we've stolen from people and, and had a chance to learn and maybe implement, but, you know, we get to learn in the same time. I mean, I have books of notes of, of stuff that that's going on. I mean, I've already got two pages of notes of stuff that bits is talking about here. Um, and, you know, I wanted to touch on one of the things that I, I loved when I went out to, to Whitmer, was you know your guys is like you know the the art department would put together these posters um and it was of all of the different position groups and again i know you know i'd asked about it because i think it's so it's so cool you know coach harper's done a phenomenal job marketing the brand of you know his offensive line i shouldn't say his offensive line the offensive line at broken arrow you know the, the group that he's coaching you know and and you guys had, had kind of taken a lot of that mentality to bits and you guys had, you know, pictures of every position group. So you'd have the pictures of the QBs and then they'd have, you know, a hashtag or, or something that those guys would take, you know, and we've done the same thing in Ankeny with, you know, the, the war room and the war daddies for the, for the wide receiver. And those guys take a huge amount of pride in that. So, you know, I, I'm interested to kind of hear how you guys kind of started that whole program, you know, what was the thought behind it and, and how do you guys kind of see it, you know, maybe growing and then, you know, same thing with Harper. I'm always interested to kind of hear how, you know, he set it up too. And he set up the the brand for, for his offensive line. 
Yeah, for sure. No, I think that's something that, you know, our head coach, Ken Winters, has kind of been on the forefront and, and willing to do. And um, again, if we're not all about, you know, creating the best, um, you know, the best experience for our high school athletes, then, you know, we're probably in the wrong profession. And I think that came along with it. So luckily for us in Toledo, you know, we're around some some pretty special universities. And, uh, you know, I'll, I'll be honest, you know, Ohio State, um, you know, I think they do a great job of branding and they do a great job of promoting their players. And, you know, some of the other local high schools were starting to, to dip into it. So so we went out and, and hired a, a graphic designer and, you know, she does a great job of being able to design, you know, posters and pictures and, you know, countdown to kick off and and stuff like that. But but really, it's such a it's such a confidence builder for our kids and, you know, it makes them feel appreciated and, you know, kind of gives them such a rise and you know, it's, and, and really it's, it's marketing for them because, you know, a lot of those guys have goals of, of playing at the next level and really for them, it's, you know, it's a free advertisement. And, you know, how, how awesome is that as, as a high school kid to, to see, uh, you know, driving around the city of Toledo, you know, we have that stuff on billboards, you know, see you at the next home game and it, and it might be a picture of the three quarterbacks and, you know, the slogan that they come out with. And, you know, I, I can't imagine how awesome that is as, a 16, 17 and 18 year old kid, you know, driving around, going to the mall and seeing that, or, you know, having a poster in my room or in, in my locker. So again, making sure that, you know, it's more than just empowering the kids, but making sure that, you know, they feel special and, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how we can continue to develop it. Um, you know, I certainly see, uh, you know, just from around the country, you know, there's some videographer stuff that that's pretty neat that I think we're going to start to dabble into and, you know, we're kind of joining the the ranks of, you know, Harper, you know, I, I know you guys, you know, at Broken Arrow, you know, and, and Walls at Jinx, you know, you guys had the Jumbotron and, and our, we're going to, we're going to be installing a, a Jumbotron at Whitmer and, you know, finding a way to just really get that thing rolling too, you know, again, with some of the hype videos and I know Ankeny, you guys did some videos and, you know, just doing some gifts, you know, on Twitter, but you know, just any way that we can, you know, make that experience great, but while also being able to market our guys is, you know, it's a, it's a win-win. It's a win for our program, but more importantly, it's, it's a win for our kids and, and being able to show, you know, you know, it's a cool way of showing, you know, they're special people, they're special kids. And, you know, we just want to make sure that we highlight them because, uh, you know, they make our community proud. That's exactly right. And that that's, you know, to me, what it was all about, you know, trying to get my kids out there was, was purely just so they had something really, really fun and something they, you know, really enjoyed. I think it's important at every position, but especially at offensive line, it, it, you know, and I tell my guys every day of the year, it sucks to be an offensive lineman other than, you know, the 13 days that you're playing on Friday and, and then it's more fun than it should ever be. But any way that I could find to make that more exciting, I tried to do, um, you know, kids love Twitter. I actually don't have, that many linemen on Twitter. It still hadn't caught up here in Oklahoma, uh, I guess, with with some of the linemen, uh, linemen type. And I got coaches, hey, what's his Twitter handle or whatever? I, I, he doesn't have one. I don't guess his family didn't believe in it. But um, so I try to do all, all that I can for him on there. And I think it helps with college, you know, recruiters a little bit to see, uh, although it, it comes down to can the kid play or not. But and then any kind of camaraderie we can do with the kids, you know, like going to feed them. It's really, really easy. Like all the summer we'd end up having a little, little kids camp that I'd have to work and we'd get paid a little bit for it. And I would always take that money and, and go buy breakfast for, for my linemen. 
uh, on the Friday that the whole rest of the skill positions were gone for seven on seven camp. So they all went seven on seven camp and got to do their cool thing. My guys are, are in the weight room pushing sleds on a Friday morning, you know, and so that, to make something special that they get to do, we go get them breakfast or, or whatever it was, you know, something as simple as that, that kind of has some camaraderie to it, you know, brings those guys together, you know, lets them enjoy the suck of offensive line together. That's, that's where, you know, it always was fun for me playing offensive line. And then, you know, at, while I was at Broken Arrow, we had a head coach that was uh, an NFL offensive lineman, and and that makes offensive line a lot cooler too. Yeah, no doubt. That's that's awesome. And I, I know I know Coach Brown's been able to get some ideas from you. And you know, I know three years ago we started you know counting cakes for the big guys, and you know, obviously they're not they're not the ones and you know on the front page of the paper, but you know they did a great job of really uh, you know the, the cake king, the cake boss, and you know, counting cakes on film, you know, it's fun when you, uh, you know, you're, you're grading film and, you know, I'll accidentally be in, you know, Coach Brown's categories and I'll just see cakes just stacking up and, you know, I want to go back and just watch those, <laughs> those specific, those specific clips and, uh, you know, just finding ways because again, each position group and each kid, you know, they tick to a different, to a different drum. And, you know, some of them guys, they might not care about, about posters, but you know what they might want to, you know, I've seen it some high schools, you know, they might want to wear that chain with a, with a syrup, you know, bottle hanging off of it, you know, that might be everything that they want. So certainly I think, uh, you know, it's been awesome to, to see from afar, you know, obviously when you're at Broken Arrow, you know, I thought you guys did some awesome stuff and then, you know, walls at, at Ankeny, I, I think you guys do a really good job as well, just, you know, promoting and, you know, making sure that they get a great experience. Uh, it's awesome stuff. And I, I certainly think that it's something that football is going towards, you know, you can kind of see some of the college, athletic programs really pushing, you know, you'll see a guy commit and you'll see universities kind of push out, you know, you know, Buckeye nation, go out and follow, you know, this person, you know, kind of trying to push their social status. And, you know, I, I'll be honest, I wouldn't be surprised if I see that start to trickle down, you know, into the high school uh, atmosphere, you know, very soon. That's exactly right. And, and, and you want to, yeah. you know, you can't recruit and I think we all understand that, but you want right. to recruit your own halls for sure. I mean, you want the kids at your school to understand how much fun you're having. You want every track and basketball and baseball kid and wrestling kid to know, hey, those guys, they're going to win and they're having fun doing it. And, uh, you know, again, you're not going to go out and tell any kids to come to your program, but uh, you would like for your program to look like a, a fun program to play at. And, you know, that it would be crazy to think that there aren't kids going to move out of out of different places and, and they're going to go somewhere for whatever reason, a myriad of reasons. Uh, they don't get along with the coach or kids there or their family has to move or, Hey, they're moving in from out of state and there's three or four different schools that they can choose from. Uh, while you can't talk to those kids, obviously, why wouldn't you want your program to be um, a place that looks like it's, they're getting their kids better. They're having fun in the winning football games. I mean, uh, it's, it's, you know, players, you know, personnel is, is, uh, is nice to have. Uh, and again, they, you know, don't want to get into recruiting cause that's not it at all, but no, you want to recruit your own halls and you would love for your place to be, if a kid's choosing between three, cause they're moving from out of state. Um, it, it probably benefits you to have a, have, you know, show how much love you have for your teammates, your, your players and your team. No, Harbor. I mean, you're, you're right on it. And, you know, I, I think all three of us, you know, have been at the, the public school and, 
Yeah. And it's not necessarily, you know, it's not necessarily looking for, you know, those people that are out of district to see that stuff, but seriously, it's, it's competitive keeping those kids in your school. I mean, you know, for us specifically, you know, we have, we have three parochial schools in the city of Toledo and, you know, one of them is, they compete at a very high level and the other two have had some success and, you know, it's tough. I mean, it's, you are recruiting your own hallways and you're trying to convince those kids to stay with you at the public school. And, and uh, you know, just all those reasons that, that you just kind of, you know, explained it, they're all true. And there's so much, you know, the more you start to think about this stuff, just the more benefits that, that you can see. And um, yeah, I I just think it's, it's huge because again, at at a public school, you know, if if we don't have all of our guys that, that we need to be, you know, have come out, you know, it's, you know, we get handcuffed a little bit. So, you know, we, we got to do with what we have and we just got to make sure that we do a good job of making sure that we have the best possible kids out at, at the school. Yeah. You want to attract the best players, right. And then you want to be able to, to, to develop your players. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, we're only as good as the players we put on the field period. You know, I, I don't care how good of a coach you are. You got to have horses. I mean, if you're going to go win championships, you know, you, you might, you might win some games and, and finish above 500 and things like that. If you quote out coach some people, you know, I, I, I honestly believe, yeah, that, that can happen, but if you're going to win championships, you got to have horses. So you got to find ways to get your best dudes out there. And then you got to find the, the best ways to develop them. And then, you know, when, when kids see you putting kids at the next level, in college, you know, and I hear it all the time from coaches. It's not my job to put kids in college. You're probably not going to be coaching very long if you, if you're thinking like that, you know, at the end of the day, you you gotta, you gotta provide the future for your players and you're going to have a good percentage of your team. It's like, coach, I want to go play football in college. That's one of my dreams. It's one of my goals. Well, if one of your deals as a coach is, Hey, I want to, you know, put my kids in the best positions to be successful and I want to help them become better young men. Well, that's helping them reach their goals. So parents see that, families see that, other players see that, you know, big time uh, players in the city, like, you know, in Des Moines, in Tulsa, in, in the Toledo area, the word gets out quick. Hey, these, these guys get kids recruited. Uh, these guys help kids. You know, you become a better player in this. It's a lot of fun. And when you have that on the street and that's your brand, that street that's where you're able to take it to the next level. You know, the, the next, you know, the next crop of guys that's coming in, there's a reason why they, they start to go to, to these schools because I'm going to go play winning football. I'm going to go to college and I'm going to have an absolute blast doing it. And, you know, anyone that'll tell, tell, tell you otherwise, I I think you're probably a little bit short-sighted missing the boat. Yeah, no doubt. And I think that's just been part of, you know, part of our evolution, you know, when I came to Whitmer, they, they had, they had the same core, you know, coaches for a very long time. And, you know, they had not been kind of used to some of, you know, that stuff and being able to, to sell the recruiting aspect more, but yeah, I mean, if, again, if you're not in it for the kids and a lot of those kids have that, you know, have those dreams and it doesn't necessarily have to be division one, but, you know, just giving them the opportunities to, to go further their education while, you know, being able to play a sport that they love. And, you know, we want to be able to do everything that, you know, we possibly can to, to be able to sell them and, and give, you know, give universities and colleges really quality student athletes. And I think the other thing that goes along with it, you know, and, and Harper's been, you know, primo at it, you know, taking his position, you know, build it into your brand or build it into your culture, the, the stuff that you want. So you're like, well, I don't want to be, you know, individualized or individual based. 
you know, putting guys in school, you don't have to, that doesn't have to be like your overarching theme for, you know, your team or your brand. Your brand just has to be, we play fast, hard hitting football that, you know, is fun to watch and, and helps guys get to college, you know, and, and then that way everybody wins. We all work together. We all eat, we all play hard hitting football. We're all fast and all over the field. We develop athletes. You know, we have a lot of fun. We're not grinding you and, and killing you at practice. So you're going to, you're going to feel really, really good. And then at the end of the day, yeah, let's go out and, and win games. You know, if, if you make that part of your brand or you make that part of your standard, or you make that part of what you're selling your guys, your guys start to do that. And, and then at the end of the day, everybody wins, you know, guys go to school, you have some of that individual glory, you win games as a team and you become a really, really tight knit brotherhood. You know, at the end of the day, man, that's, that's to me, you know, when I, when I set up my room, I built it on behaviors that I wanted them to do. And then it was going to help us win games and everybody won. Yeah, no, and it's been awesome to follow from afar. And, you know, I know a lot of people do. And, you know, like you said too, Harper did, Harper did a great job with the, with the BAO line and and seeing that, seeing that stuff. I know, you know, we've, we've been able to kind of take some of that stuff and and make it our own, but yeah, no, if there's, there's two examples to learn from, I certainly think it's, uh, it's you guys. So you guys do a tremendous job of that. And, you know, again, we're going to, we're going to, you know, that's one of our things this off season, you know, we talked about, you know, building chemistry with our kids, but, you know, just making sure that, you know, part of it's making sure that they know that we have their best interest. And part of that is being able to promote them and, and do those things. Then, you know, eventually all that ends up doing is just making the room better and making the units better and, you know, making a better football team that, that carries over to winning, which, you know, everyone at the end of the day wants to, to be able to accomplish. Well, coach, that's exactly right. Um, so now kind of rolling up on an hour, man. Um, but, but before we let you go, the one thing I always like to ask guys is, is so when you're watching another team's offensive line, what's some things they'd be doing that would make you think highly of their offensive line coach? Sure. So I, I got to be careful here. Coach Brown's probably going to listen to this podcast. <laughs> you better, so, you better watch yeah, out. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, no, I've, I've, you know, obviously a big fan of your guys' podcast. So I've heard some, you know, some really good answers, but, but for me, it kind of goes back to just, you know, you know, pad level and, and being able to finish blocks. And it kind of goes into some of the pancake stuff, you know, for, for me, some of our best teams since I've been at Whitmer, you know, I've had a personal joy. And when, you know, when we're grading film as a, as an offensive staff and, you know, we're looking at our individual position groups and, you know, a lot of times as a quarterback coach, I'm, you know, peeking at the receivers, making sure that, you know, the quarterbacks are graded. So we're looking, we're looking at the sideline cut and then eventually, you know, it gets pushed to the, to the end zone cut. And, uh, you know, to me, you know, being able to see low pad level finish and uh, just people on the ground, you know, I know at one point, you know, we're, you know, we've had really, really good offenses throughout the last four years and setting school records for, you know, rushing yards and, you know, just seeing people finish and then, you know, this might not be a, this might not be an indicator of the coach necessarily, but more of the offensive line unit, which I, I guess the coach could create. But man, there's nothing better, in my opinion, you know, than when you have a great football team, than when you see those big guys up front, you know, for a long touchdown play, man, you see their emotion, you see them celebrate, you see them racing down, you know, to go celebrate with those skill guys. You know, in my opinion, you know, some of the best teams that I've been part of, you know, when you're able to put on that end zone cut, you see people, you know, the linemen finishing. And, you know, those six-yard plays turn into 60-yard plays. And you see those guys, you know, loving each other up and turning around and loving up the quarterback and, you know, celebrating going down the sideline into the end zone. 
you know, in my opinion, you know, some of those intangibles, you know, are what I would look for, you know, to definitely tell that, you know, the offensive line is coached by, you know, a really good coach and, and a really good person that has, you know, some of those values that when you want to carry over, you know, more than your football team, but to your individual unit. So those are some selfless dudes, man. So I always love seeing them being able to, to really, really enjoy playing the game of football. Love that answer, man. You see a lot of guys, you know, watching these games on the weekends playing, you know, football for a lot of money, but you still just see that raw emotion from those guys up front, you know, the, the wars that happen inside and, you know, when they make big plays and, you know, knowing that they're kind of, kind of back up against the wall against the, you know, in these playoff games, it's, you know, winner go home. And, and even without a crowd in a lot of these stadiums, you know, you still see the, the raw emotion that these guys love playing with it. And I think, you know, that's kind of, you know, it almost goes hand in hand on the offensive line. You gotta, you gotta really love, you know, beating somebody up and, and have emotion when you, when you do beat somebody up and you're scoring the game on the ground, man, I love watching them. No doubt. It was fun watching you, man. State championship. You know, I, I think you talked about it in a, you know, another pod, uh, a couple of uh, podcasts ago, but you know, running some power, man, you know, you know, grinding out the clock, going for the win and, you know, seeing the motions from, you know, your guys' offensive line. And, um, yeah, I think it's awesome. I mean, there's not a more selfless group on your football team than the offensive line. And, um, you know, whenever you can have that stuff clicking, I really think you, you it's an indicator for, you know, you're going to have a really, really special season. Yeah, that was probably the most fun, man. I, I don't think I talked about it on the, the last podcast, though, but they have a cool award in Iowa, you know, that I was big pork state. So the, the hog of the game, and, you know, we ended up having uh, one of our kids, you know, Logan Curtis, and he was just on, on social media the other day. He's getting recruited. He's got a couple Juco offers and stuff, but I mean, the, the story of that kid is just phenomenal. I mean, all the, the things that he had to overcome in his life and, and literally football has been like his savior. So, I mean, for, for him to hold up that trophy and he's kind of welling up with tears, but just how proud he was, you know, and, and he wasn't the biggest guy or the, you know, the, the strongest guy or whatever it might be, but man, what a tough kid. And, and, you know, love to lay it on the line for the Hawks and talks about the culture of the Hawks and, and wanting to, you know, hit people and hurt people and, and do all the things you love in an offensive lineman. I mean, he was, he was honestly one of the, uh, the major keys for us. So, you know, you can't speak highly enough about those kids. And then at the end of the day, you, you also can't be more proud when, when it all does kind of come to fruition for him. So, what, what a special way and what a cool award. I wish everybody had that award. It, it should be, it should be an award for every game. They should be the hog, the Iowa pork hog of the game every single time. It's the coolest thing ever. No kidding. No kidding. I, you know, I know we do players of the game, but yeah, certainly it's, it's awesome to see those guys. Cause again, they just, they don't get the uh, attention or, you know, the notoriety that they deserve. And yeah, no, that's, that's an awesome story. I know, uh, you know, coach Brown and coach Williams are offensive line coaches. They got, you know, they've got stories like that. It's just, it's awesome. It's awesome. We're lucky to be coaches. Yeah, you dang right we are. <laughs> Vince, man, it's been real. I know we'll be talking soon, but I uh, appreciate you coming on and, and dropping some knowledge and, you know, telling us a little bit about your development as a coach, man. As always, appreciate it. Yeah, no, appreciate you guys and the platform and, you know, love listening to, to you guys in, in the morning and, you know, being able to, to, to pick, pick your guys's brain, you know, you guys are very open and, you know, kind of hooking me up with, with some, you know, other contacts. And again, just always learning. So appreciate your guys' time. Appreciate the invite and, you know, love talking football with you guys. 
And that's going to do it for this episode of RTP. We want to again thank all of our sponsors. You guys make sure and go check them out. Help grow our community by telling other coaches about Run the Power. And if you enjoy Running the Power, go get your shirt, long sleeve, or hoodie at runthepower.com. Also, if you have any topics or any questions you would like for us to discuss in the next podcast, simply rate our podcast and then leave a comment in the writer review section of the podcast app. This will help our podcast rating as well as it will allow us to answer the questions you all want answered. Make sure and go check out our blog at runthepower.com. Follow me on Twitter at Harper underscore Coach and Coach Walls at Coach Brady Walls. Run the Power now also has its own Twitter and Instagram, and you can find that at Run the Power. Hope you guys enjoyed this one. Talk to you soon.